Thanks for listening to our podcast. Our title sponsor is Peterson Toyota, the largest dealership in Northern Colorado for the past 50 years. Winter is coming. They've got a variety of great all-wheel drive vehicles available to get you around through the snow and the slush, like the Camry, the Highlander, the RAV4, and the 4Runner. Stop on in to check out their large inventory and great prices, and their staff will help you find the car or truck that is right for you. If you're in the market for any new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I am Joel Candelamessa. Hope everyone had a good weekend and a fun Halloween. I personally went straight from the football game Saturday night back down to a Halloween party in Parker and drank entirely way too much uh, trying to hide my disappointment over the football game that I had just witnessed. Really hoping today to be discussing the win and the uh, upper trajectory of this football program, but unfortunately it was a really disappointing performance uh, once again. And, um, you know, in a few moments, we're going to be bringing in CSU Athletic Director Joe Parker. He'll be joining Mike Rowe and I to talk about the loss and we'll ask him about the disappointing season so far and and uh, all those questions that, that we keep seeing on Ram Nation and social media. But, uh, you know, the football program locked out the media this week. And for what Adazio had said was to really maintain an intense focus on the Boise State game. And I don't know if that was a gimmick, if that was truly a sincere thing or what. It, you know, I don't know if it worked either. Um, team came out like looking like the superior team in the first half, right? And unfortunately settled for three field goals instead of touchdowns in the first half. And that just gave you this feeling. It was an eerie feeling, just like the Vanderbilt game, which really should have been a blueprint for, for everything not to do, you know, in, in subsequent games, you know, and you felt like settling for those field goals instead of touchdowns. And we had the ball inside the five yard line twice. We had the ball at the 10 yard line once and settled for three field goals there. And uh, you knew that, there was a chance it was going to come back to haunt us, especially against the Boise state team that's owned us. And it did, you know, Rams were held to uh, a lone field goal in the second half, you know, Boise state made their adjustments. CSU did the same thing. It always does. We flopped in the third quarter. I pulled some of these numbers last week, posted them on the board. I think I recited them in the podcast last week, but uh, CSU now has had 26 third quarter possessions this season. They have only two offensive touchdowns and four field goals in the third quarter. They have a nine three and outs. They had another one on uh, Saturday night, two turnovers and one turnover on downs. So, and this is only including drives that started and ended in the third quarter, didn't span into a fourth, fourth quarter. So these are true, just third quarter drives, two touchdowns in 26 possessions, four field goals. So six total scoring drives out of 26 opportunities. So, Really, really frustrating. And we were shut out in the fourth quarter. Play calling and execution inside the red zone has just been bad this year. I feel like we get so damn stubborn trying to will the run game. And uh, when you get in that tighter space inside the red zone, or inside the 10-yard line, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like we have the horses up front on the line to, to just will our run game to succeed and to plow forward and get a couple runs, uh, a couple couple yards when you need it at the goal line. I just feel like we're so predictable. We have these serious weapons at tight end, four of them, uh, and a train McBride, which what does he have? One touchdown pass this year, one touchdown reception. And I believe that was a catch and run that he took from outside the red zone, you know, for a longer touchdown earlier this year. It was maybe first or second game of the year. Um, And equally concerning was the regression of the defense. I mean, in the second quarter, you gave up a 13-play, 97-yard touchdown drive, turned up six minutes off the clock. CSU at the time, I think, was up 13 to nothing, and Ryan Stonehouse, our all-world punter, pins him at the three-yard line. And what does our vaunted defense let happen? My goodness, you just let them march right down the field. That was a backbreaker. And then if that wasn't amazing enough to give up a 13-play, 97-yard drive once in the game, you gave up another Exactly. 13 play 97 yard drive again in the third quarter. And that gave Boise State its first lead. It was one of three second half touchdowns as Boise State took over the game. 
CSU's defense managed only two sacks in the game. I mean, we talked about this defense is going to have to have its best game of the year. The previous week, they, they recorded eight sacks against Utah State. They just did not get to Hank Bachmeyer enough. I was wondering about he, he gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. They're pretty efficient. You know, in the past game, they obviously got a couple big weapons, you know, that stretch the field. But CSU's defense, man, um, just didn't have it. Uh, as a team, they played a lot cleaner than they did the previous week against Utah State. They cut the penalties in half, penalty yards in half as well. They didn't turn the ball over, I don't think. I think we did, did have a fumble that was, I think we recovered. So we didn't officially have a turnover. Uh, unfortunately, the defense didn't force any either. I don't believe Boise State had a turnover in the game. You know, and after a really strong first quarter, the defense just did not give the performance that we needed the rest of the game. So just a uh, really disappointing missed opportunity again. You know, it was supposed to be a statement game, a chance to shake off, you know, the huge mistake of last week uh, to keep our winning, you know, the hopes of winning the division alive, uh, the hopes of, a, of keeping bowl, bowl chances alive, you know, and that's not quite dead yet, uh, but it's close. <laughs> The team just didn't get it done, you know, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of vitriol on the message board and really on social media in general. It's at an all time high. I, I had my moments after the game too. You know, I, I get really dejected at, at where we are with CSU football right now, but man, the behavior of some of our fans, come on guys, we're better than that. You know, the, the especially ones on Twitter, you know, that are on these anonymous handles and, I just feel like you can express your anger and your disappointment without being a total prick to everybody. You know, things you're saying about Joe Parker and Steve Adazio and Mike, Mike and I even took some shots because, you know, hey, people are getting on us because we've been, we've defended the program, you know, and, and tried to look at positives here and there and we get blasted for it. And, and we're the reason CSU is losing because we accept losing and mediocrity. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. I can't stand freaking losing. I hate it. I hate it. I get as mad as you guys, but you got to show a little class, you know, you don't hide behind your keyboard and just blast people with some of the horrible things you say to human beings, which you wouldn't say to someone's face or if they even knew who you were, you know, your real names. Come on, man. We're better than that. Let's, I don't know. Sometimes I get a little down on, on the way that our fan base behaves. But uh, that being said, these guys that always choose to look at the negative, you know, this time they're proving to be right. <laughs> Because um, we it just the the things that that we're all pointing out as as going bad continue to go bad. I'm just not that way. I won't apologize for looking at the bright side of things. You know, I I like giving the team and a coaching staff a fair chance and the benefit of the doubt until they prove us otherwise. And right now, unfortunately, they're proving us otherwise. You know, they're they're proving that this is the same old garbage football that we've seen for the last seven years. Now, I will say that there's there's I, I like the style. I, I would take this over, you know, getting pushed around all the time on defense. You know, we've had some terrible clicks in the locker room under the Bobo regime and just bad team camaraderie. I th feel like this team is, is, has fixed a lot of that stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, we're three and five and we've outside of really one good season in 2014 under Jim McElwain, this is basically the life of a Ram fan since about 2003. We've had some decent, you know, bowl, bowl appearance here or there. Um, but overall, it's just been bad. And I think that's what's really causing this vitriol. It's just been so long. It's hard to be patient. You got to give a coach more than 12 games to turn something around, right? He's got to implement his, you know, his culture and his philosophy. And we'd all want to see it turn faster than it is. It's not even close to being fast enough, if you ask me. But it's also not his fault that the previous however many five years were complete garbage, you know? So I don't know. I, I feel like had you not blown winnable games against a terrible Vanderbilt team or the way we lost against Utah state that, you know, with that blunder that made national headlines and college game day, making comments, David green, we were on, you had one job and David green actually said uh, on game day, he said, come on, Adazio, <laughs> you know, it's uh, I don't know. I think you avoid those kind of, big blunders and maybe we forgive this 11th straight loss to Boise state, but you know, this is a Boise state that is as, is as beatable as a Boise state team as we've ever seen. And we had them at home. Right. And we have a good defense and we had an offense. So we have quarterbacks playing well 
and we did not get it done. You know, we're one in three at home this year, despite having great crowds for the first three home games, you know, and that includes a loss to a, an FCS team who's gone on to lose two games this year. And in 2019, so we obviously didn't have fans last year. So then in 2019, we had, we were two and four at home in 2018, we were two and four at home. And with that included a loss to an FCS team, like, like this year did. So that gives us five wins in front of students. So these students that were there on Saturday night, they have seen a total of five wins at home since they've been in school and they are now seniors. That is just unbelievable. That, that, that's an entire class of students. They've gone through this whole college experience and have seen five home wins. And despite that, they've continued to show up in droves. And, you know, that, that the fans have shown up in general until Saturday. You know, it was clear to me it, it, there was 25,000 fans there on Saturday. Prior to that, every game had been over 30. We'd had 32, 34. Great crowds, great enthusiasm in the stadium. And I, I just think that Utah State loss, the way it happened, was just a dagger to everyone's enthusiasm. You know, obviously, it's Halloween weekend. It's a Saturday before Halloween. It's a big one for parties. And, you know, it's, it's clear that people chose getting ready for those parties, going out to those parties over – going and sitting in canvas for subpar football. And, you know, I think if you take care of business against Utah State, you probably do see 30,000 plus at canvas again. So it's disappointing and worse. I think, um, you know, there, there's, there's people that are disappointed in the program and, and there's apathy kicking in once again. It's a shame because this, this season really had a chance to build the fan base uh, with the amount of play, people that were coming out. Um, we just continue to send them home disappointed. We're wasting away yet another season. And this is, um, this is tough because we have a lot of good pieces in place. There's a lot of really good seniors on defense. You've got guys like Trey McBride and David, David Bailey on offense. All these guys are going to be gone next year. So if we stink this year, what's next year going to look like? I don't know. So overall frustrating, but let me pause real quick. I'm going to encourage you to visit Ginger and Baker. It's quickly going to become your favorite place to dine in Fort Collins. You know, the food, the drinks, the atmosphere, it's, it's unparalleled in Fort Collins. You try the cafe for some great dinners. Mac and cheese is delicious. Chicken pot pie, or my favorite, the French dip. You can head upstairs, the cafe restaurants, a little more fancy steaks and chops, just amazing dinner. I cannot recommend this place enough. You can already start placing your pie orders for Thanksgiving. Stop on in to Ginger and Baker, support Ginger Graham. Great person. She's got a great place my favorite restaurant in all four Collins. All right. Uh, someone posted on the message board yesterday. Uh, should Trey McBride shut it down at this point? And honestly, it's a fair question. I mean, he came back to this team for a chance to win a conference championship, to go to a bowl. He believed in the coaching staff. He liked Adazio. Uh, that first goal is gone. We're not, we're not winning the division after having two, two losses now uh, in, in conference. You could see, you could make a case that that Trey McBride should shut it down and not risk getting hurt. You know, at this point, his his stock is going to be high going in the NFL draft next year. But he wouldn't do that. He's a stud. He's a competitor. I don't see him leaving his teammates. But clearly, this is not what he returned to this program for. The guy had a chance to go play in the SEC. He had offers to go transfer to SEC schools. He chose to stay at CSU. So it's just a, it's a shame. It's another byproduct of you know, the disappoint disappointment that we're all experiencing right now is that, you know, for a guy like him and, you know, to not have, not have achieved what he was hoping he would achieve and what we all wanted him to achieve, you know, and now I, I, feel, I feel like the rest the, the fan support, the rest of the season is not going to be great. It's hard to really make a case to see fans showing up the rest of the way. We'll ask Joe Parker about that. What, you know, if he's worried about that, but, you know, maybe you can salvage a little, enthusiasm from the fan base. If you retain the bronze boot this week in Laramie, that, that would help. Uh, then you come back against another in-state rival air force at home. That's slated to be state pride day, which is always cool. Right. But it's not that cool when it's stadiums half empty. Right. Um, I'm not sure if we won in those state pride uniforms either. I love those unis, but those and the, uh, the white, the all white bone helmet uniforms as well. I think we're, I don't think we've won in those. So um, anyway, be ashamed to uh, be ashamed to see a sparse crowd for there for that game. It's another 5 p.m. kickoff. Could be cold. People may opt not to show for that. Um, 
you know, then, then the, the season finale, the regular season finale against a very good Nevada team is the weekend of Thanksgiving. Students are going to be gone, you know, and so will most alumni's interest in the team at that point, I'm guessing, unfortunately. So I, I really hate being doom and gloom, but I, I'm feeling down right now. Um, there's no way our program should be where it is with all the investments being made with the new stadium, the facilities, the coaches' salaries. You know, I feel like they're doing all the right things except for pushing the right buttons with the football program. I'm not ready to give up on Adazio yet. I know a lot of you are. I, I don't see him having the it factor. He likes to talk about the it factor. I'm just, I'm not seeing that yet, you know, but he's only been here for 12 games. I like some of the things he's brought. I just feel like, you know, there's some coaches, you know, when they're, they just push all the right buttons. They come up with that big play when you need it. They get their team ready to play and win a big game. We just haven't seen that yet. Um, we're seeing the physicality. We're seeing team camaraderie. We're seeing team, uh, team, which shouldn't be anything special. You shouldn't always play to the final whistle, the final second. Right. But uh, I feel like this team doesn't quit. Um, they've played, I guess it's sporadic now you'd call it, but they've had moments of really, really good defense, but overall we're just not a special team by any him. That's doesn't take a genius to figure that out, but three and five with losses to a two loss FCS team. One of the worst P5 teams in Vanderbilt. We had a circus-type loss to Utah State. And now we lose to the most beatable Boise State team that we've seen in years. And that, that's, a, that's a team with a first-year head coach. Guy's never been a head coach before. He came in and bested our, our coach that has got 10 years of head coaching experience. So it's hard, to, it's hard to come away with a lot of confidence. Try not to give up hope, quite honestly. But uh, at some point, we got to start getting wins. All right, lastly, men's hoop team played an exhibition on Sunday. I did not make it up to that game. Uh, just read some of the recaps, and they, they clearly overmatched Adam State, as you would expect, finished with five players and double figures. The post players, Deshaun Thomas and James Moore, combined for 31 points. Isaiah Stevens, Kendall Moore, Adam Thistlewood, David Roddy, and Deshaun Thomas were the starters in the game. Team scored 44 points in the paint, really just dominated. Those, the big guys kind of dominated the entire game. Uh, we had 37 points off the bench, 35 fast break points. Uh, Isaiah Stevens led uh, all scores with 19. David Roddy added 12. So all in all, it was, a, it was a, a good showing, you know, just breaking, shaking off some of the rust and competition. And uh, I was interested to see what Harold, Harold had transferred Ch Chandler Jacobs did. He did not start in the game. Uh, and he only played 13 minutes of action. Looked like he was in foul trouble. Uh, he fouled out with five fouls. So uh, next up is the season opener on November 9th against Oral Roberts. Hope fans get out and support this program. It's going to be an exciting year. And we are, after all, a basketball school. So, all right, we are going to bring in Joe Parker here in just a second. Uh, just a reminder to get yourself to Mighty River Brewing Company. They got 15 beers on tap, including the Autumn River Pumpkin Ale. It's a great fall beer. And uh, gosh, I could have used one of these the other night, but after a rough game like Saturday night, I always recommend the 9.7 alcohol by volume tributary Belgian triple. It's delicious and potent to take the edge off. So they've got $5 beers on Mondays and Tuesdays, brewery bingo with prizes that include free beer, coupons, gift cards. And they've got food trucks coming regularly throughout the week, like Chalkboard Express, Mile High Lobster Shack, many more. Check out their website for the rotation. And they got live music. So stop on in and say hi to Dan Miller. He's a longtime Ram Nationer, great CSU Ram fan. Don't forget to show Ram Nation on your phone and get $1 off your beer. Support these guys. They're good guys, and they got a great business, and their beer is spectacular. All right, time to welcome in CSU Athletic Director Joe Parker. Hi, Joe. Thanks. Coming on as always in good times and in bad. I know we we all wanted to be talking about our first ever win over Boise. Unfortunately, the game Saturday night went south after a good good start in the first half. I guess just uh, to get your thoughts on as you watch that unfold. I mean, you you got more at stake than any of us, right? And you probably have to keep more of an even keel, entertaining people, and you know. But inside, I'm sure you're just like, gosh, we needed that win. But uh, as you watch that unfold, what was going through your mind? What were your thoughts on um, on the game and and really kind of where you think the football program is at this point? Yeah, you know, it, it, and you're right. I mean, there's no one that takes losses any harder than than those of us that are part of the department and integrated into the football program. Certainly, you know, the coaches and the students themselves, you know, that's where the, they feel the greatest impact. But, um, you know, wh where do I 
see us at this moment in time. You know, I, I, I'm really encouraged by a lot of the things that I get a chance to see on a daily basis. And that's the challenging thing that, you know, when you're in the stadium and you're a fan and you, you know, you're there just for the game and you follow the Rams, um, you know, from that perspective, it, it's hard to understand, um, you know, just the cultural pieces that are being put in place. You know, I think that's the one thing that, that uh, Coach Adazio has been really remarkable at is just layering in, you know, I think the foundation that's going to lead to, you know, uh, a sustained period of success for our football program, you know, we're close and that's the frustrating piece that, uh, you know, you just can't quite get through some of these more challenging games. Um, uh, but, you know, there's four, four games ahead. Um, you know, there's still a lot to play for, you know, we're still, fighting for bowl eligibility, that can be a huge impact on our program from a developmental perspective to get to six wins and, and have a chance to do all the preparation that's required for a bowl game and then hopefully win a bowl game. So, you know, there's, there's uh, still opportunities ahead for us and just trying to keep the fans focused on, on that. You know, I, I think about too, you know, we hired Steve obviously, you know, almost two years ago, but, but I would, um, barely call last year, um, you know, a complete season because it wasn't, you know, we had eight games scheduled and, and we're only able to play four. So the development that could have occurred through those in-game experiences didn't happen. So in many ways, you know, this is, you know, season one, you know, with a, a plus asterisk on it. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just focused on what's ahead, still trying to fight for every win. Um, I think what you do see with this team is they don't give up. You know, there's never been an occasion uh, in any games played this year where, where they haven't been fighting to the very end to try and make some things happen for themselves. And, and I think it's just a matter of time until some of those things start to show some production, um, you, you know, and, and uh, there's three phases of the game that, you know, have to, you know, hit on all cylinders to beat a team like Boise. And we just, couldn't sustain it through uh, a full a full game, but you're right. We had a, a good, exciting first half, and then couldn't kind of get the pivot moment to happen. Um, you know, and a lot of things in a game when you kind of reflect back on. But um, you know, that reception by Trey McBride that got called back for the holding penalty. You know, in my mind, that was a, a big momentum shift for the for us. You know, that could have been a a great play that, you know, led, led to some scoring for us. And, and that would have felt pretty good to get that one uh, across the goal line for sure. Um, but, but you, you work with what's in front of you and you just kind of keep fighting forward. I love what coach is saying, you know, to the team, the way he messages at practice in the locker room post game, even on Saturday, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's going to have them focused and ready to play up in Laramie. You mentioned it. I mean, not a real season last year. Um, and basically this was the 12th game in his tenure, right? He's four and eight. You've seen it on Twitter and, and everywhere else. You know, people, there's, there's people out there already calling for his firing. And I have a hard time thinking there's that's, he's had near enough time to, to show something, right? It takes time to turn around a culture and build a program, but I'm not happy where we are right now. Record wise. I doubt anybody is. You mentioned that you still see good signs from this program and the staff and the way that they message and the way that they lead. And you've, we've, we've all seen some of the good things that have happened on game day, but here we are again, you know, we're, we're, we're two and what, two and one and three at home, really struggling at home. We've been struggling at home for years. What gives you confidence that, that, that coach Adazio is still the right guy. And then you look at next year, like, yes, he's building, he's building, it's going to take time, but we're losing a heck of a lot of really key seniors this year so next year it almost feels like boy we might be taking a step back again what is it about coach that uh that you feel like this is still the right guy yeah i without a doubt i believe where steve is and what he's doing for our program and it and it's those elements about culture that i've just mentioned early in my comments you know he he's bringing a, a level of toughness that we haven't seen i think in a while in colorado state football and that's something that um you know, is being taught every day. And I think that's something that even the younger guys that we haven't seen play much are, are learning in practice. So, you know, yes, there's going to be a lot of experience that walks out the door this year when we finish the season. But I also think there's some highly talented guys that are 
really buying in deeply into the culture of what's being created here. So, you know, um, you know, I could, I could imagine that people see there might be some letdown, but, but uh, you know, this is a, a process to develop a football program and it's just going to take some patience. And, you know, I, I recognize, you know, I, I, I see some of the feedback that occurs in the social media space, but, that's not the real world. You know, I mean, I, I choose to focus on the people that are heavily invested in our program that are, um, you know, really deeply involved on a number of levels, uh, not just, you know, occasionally coming to games, uh, but are, you know, season ticket holders and doing even more beyond that. Um, I think those people have had the, uh, the experience of being exposed to coach and the staff a little bit more than others. And, and we always invite people to participate in any way that they can to, to gain some understanding and some insights, you know, we, you and I were just talking about the radio show, you know, I hope people are paying attention and listening to that. You know, you listen to not only um, coach Adazio, but when he has some of the guest players on, I mean, those kids are talking nothing but favorable things about the focus that they have on the program, the encouragement that they see, um, you know, where they believe this program is going. And, and I talk to our students all the time too. You know, I'm I'm seeking data and information from every point that I can get, and you know, I really think we've got a a, a great program that's building and a program that's that's gonna you know yield some dividends on the field with some victories eventually. You know, they gotta you know believe me, I'd love to see them happening faster than they are right now. And last weekend was would have been a great opportunity to affirm where we are as a program with a victory over Boise State for the first time ever, but couldn't get there, you know, nine points shy of, well, 10 points shy of a victory, but, you know, still a, a hard fought game and, and uh, Wyoming is next. Outside of the record. I mean, are there any other concerns that you address? I mean, have you seen any, you know, things that you're like, gosh, we really need to get this cleaned up or I'm a little concerned with this. No, you know, I mean, he knows the sport of football and he knows how to coach young, young people. And, you know, he's got a staff that, you know, that's kind of a blend of, of younger guys and, and guys that are pretty seasoned. So they've seen it all, you know, I mean, that's, that's why, you know, I mean, it, it's great that fans want to, you know, uh, diagnose the issues, but believe me, this staff knows uh, a heck of a lot more than any one of our fans would about trying to motivate a football team and get a, a team moving in the right direction. You know, it'd be like any one of us, you know, the three of us on this call stepping in and critiquing a heart surgeon, you know, I mean, there's not much that I have to offer in that space. And, and uh, you know, when you, when you've spent 30, 40 years, you know, evaluating film and players and coaching kids up um, you know, you, you know, a little bit about football and you're trying to, find a way forward with this team. And, and a part of it is, you know, just, you know, like I said, you know, putting a culture in place, you know, I mean, you can work on strategy all day long, but until you got the culture, right. You know, you're not going to be able to do it and hats off to Boise state. You know, I mean, I remember in 2017 when we were, what, what, what were we up? 20, 20, 26, 26 <clears throat> points. You know, I thought that was, that, that was our game, you know, and I walked down to the field and I thought, I'm going to get a chance to celebrate a first time ever thing. And, and it's because they've got their culture, right? They've got it performing at the highest level possible. And those kids believe in, in their ability to win football games, regardless of where the scoreboard is at. We've got to find ourselves in that position too. And that takes some time. Yeah. Well, you said on a previous call, Joe, that, that your expectation would be in a bowl game and win a bowl game each year. You know, we, we all had hopes of that winning the division, which looked like a possibility. That's probably probably dead now, but in, uh, in really a bowl game is going to take a, a really strong uh, end of the season with finding three wins against Hawaii, two of our rivals, um, and then one of the best teams in the conference in Nevada. If we don't get to that, you know, next three wins and, and reach a bowl, is that, you know, where, what's your reaction there? Is it just stay the course? You know, we're, we're seeing enough good things that we're, you know, we feel like we're on the right track. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, you're assessing and evaluating every week, right? You know, so, I mean, we've got four weeks to go. Um, you know, I, I think that the team is committed to each other and the coaches, and they're going to fight for every win out of these next four. You know, if we can get to a bowl game, you know, that's what I said that would be, you know, a good step for our, our really first full complete season under Coach Adazio's leadership. If we fall short of that, you know, we'll have to make an assessment on on where we need to be and, and what we need to do to, to ensure that we're on the right path. But, 
I don't have any question right now that Coach Adazio is a leader of our program, and he's gonna he's gonna deliver great things eventually. You know, people just need to be patient. Are you at all? Um, I mean, we saw really the first dip in attendance on Saturday night, and uh, the students have been fantastic all year. They probably had probably half of what it's been the previous few games. Rest of the stadium was a little sparse. Um, I, I wonder if some of that Utah State loss and the way it happened took something out of the average fan or, you know, that local fan who needs a, a, a quality product on the field if, if they're going to ever show up, you know. So is it, um, I guess, what is your message to fans right now as we've really seen the first chink in the armor for, for fan support this year? Yeah, I, you know, every part of the program is important to our success. So, you know, I think if people want to see success in our football program, they've got to figure out a way to stay invested and stay present. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I talk to our students and, you know, when, when the stadium empties out, you know, that's, that's, you know, they'd love to see people in there to the very end, like they are, you know, that's not happening right now. It's never been our history or tradition necessarily of those things. I think we always hit this sort of, uh, you know, middle of October or later where, um, you know, we're following kind of the trend line of attendance. Uh, you know, usually September is a pretty easy one. You know, we've got Ag Day, we've got Homecoming, we've got Parent and Family Weekend, you know, weather's a little more predictably nice. Um, you know, we always get to this back half of the season and, and we're following the same trend we always have, you know, so, um, you know, I, has it been impacted a little bit by the loss at Utah State? Probably. Um, but we had Boise State in the house, which is, you know, a team we've never beat. You know, would have loved to have seen 30,000 plus. We got to 25-2. Um, you know, appreciate those fans that are there. Uh, you know, but but you know, you you probably know as many or more fans than I do that were there or weren't there, you know, so... I think a little peer pressure from fans that, that want to see our program be successful to encourage others to be there would be helpful. All right. We almost just scored in women's, in women's soccer. I got that on a uh, good. split screen. We came so close. Um, great save by Utah State. Now, um, obviously, success should be looked at through the lens of an entire season. Uh, but last, week when, last weekend was, it was pretty tough for CSU athletics. Um, we lost on Thursday in the border war. In women's footy, uh, kind of a disappointing finish in the cross-country championships. Uh, was beaten in four uh, by New Mexico in volleyball. And then, obviously, what we've been talking about Saturday Saturday night's loss in football. So, as the AD, uh, what, do you, what do you do to keep everyone's head, head up after such a difficult few days across the board? Yeah, Mike, you know, I mean, we, we you know, we, we know what we signed up for. We're in intercollegiate athletics. You're going to win games. You're going to lose games. You got to figure out how to, how to mitigate, you know, the impacts of both. Right. You know, um, so, you know, I think we've got a great attitude throughout the entire department. Um, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, what it's going to take to, to hit uh, a moment of sustained uh, success as it relates to our ability to generate championships. So, you know, we never lose sight of that. And there's lessons in every game that you play. So you just got to move on, you know, when you don't see the results, you know, soccer, I was there in Laramie, you know, they, uh, they were really disappointed by the way they performed, um, you know, but, you know, you're watching the game, they're playing against Utah State and the, and the second time only that our program has made the conference tournament and they want to have success. They want to continue playing. They don't want today's game to be their last. So, you know, Keely's done a really good job of inspiring her students and keeping them on track. You know, we were able to rip off those five straight wins in league and, and then they've kind of hit a little bit of a roadblock. But that's that's what happens as you're building a program, whether it's soccer or football or any one of our programs. You know, Nico, Nico, uh, you know, if you remember, his first year wasn't a great year for us. His second year wasn't something that we were excited about necessarily. But, you know, last year being his third you know, we, we, we were in the hunt for the championship and, and now we're preseason number one in men's basketball. So I think some of it is, you know, people just have to get accustomed to, you know, the, the pain and suffering that occurs when you're losing because, um, you know, continuity is a big part of having success in intercollegiate athletics. I mean, you know, you're talking about football a moment ago. For those fans that think a change in leadership in our football program at this moment in time is going to be a good thing, they have no idea how to build a program because, 
there's a, so much disruption and, and so much new uh, progression that needs to take place to, to get to that point. That's why, you know, the measures have to be more than wins and losses, particularly when you're early in, in, a, in a leadership tenure. Well, this will be the last question about this, um, and it's, uh, it's unfortunately it kind of goes with the territory, Joe. But uh, and I hate even asking it, but there, you know, there have been so many good things under your watch with the stadium completed, securing of Canvas as a major sponsor. You know, great hires in Nico Medved, Keely Hagen. You got positive and enthusiastic direction in both both basketball programs. Olympic sports have been really good. Uh, football is the one area where we continue to flounder a little bit, and that's that's what drives everything though. You know, it's the financial piece. It's the key component driving conference alignment. And thus you see, you know, a lot of people on social media focusing on that and that failure and saying, it's Joe should be fired. Adazio should be fired. Everyone, everyone wants somebody fired. But um, I guess, I guess just how would you rate your, the football progress under your watch? I mean, obviously we'd all want more, you want more, but you know, what do you say to those folks that say that this has been a massive failure under you? And it's, you know, not just you, it's football has been struggling for a couple decades almost now. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's, you know, you said it yourself right there. You know, I mean, we've, we've in the history of our program, I think we've only been 42% of the seasons have we been over, over 500. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a systemic issue, I think, for CSU football, and we've got to fix it. You know, that's the answer, um, you know, but I think, I think, uh, you know, to make an assessment or evaluation of a coach that's barely coached more than one season is, is inappropriate and, and uh, not, not, uh, you know, what I'm prepared to do, you know, I'm focused on what's ahead. I, I believe in the culture that he's building, as I said, repeatedly on our call today, and, and I'm going to keep my, my uh, self focused on that, you know. You know, if people, you know, I don't, I don't know what they're expecting. You know, I mean, did, did people imagine, you know, that this year was going to be a, an undefeated season and a CFP, you know, appearance in a, in a New Year's Six Bowl? You know, probably not. You know, did we all want to have, you know, more success in the season at this point in time for certain? Um, you know, have, have we ever been, you know, completely dominated in any one of our games this year? I don't think so. Have any of these students ever really you know, quit or shown a lack of effort? No. Um, uh, you know, has, have people seen, you know, focus and seriousness from our students and their desire to win football games? I think absolutely yes. Um, I think that you'd find a fan out there that would be hard to argue that, you know, the leadership of our football program with the McBride brothers and Scott Patchen and, and, uh, uh, DJ and, and so many other kids, um, you know, that are believing in this coaching staff, you know, I mean, you know, I, we just have to focus on what we're doing each and every day to make this program better. And if there's people that aren't willing to get on board and need to see, you know, the results before they do, that's fine. You know, that's, that's uh, where we're at. Um, and I'd, I'd argue that uh, social media is not, you know, that's not the best place to gather all your information. Um, people that are hiding behind avatars and, you know, I mean, is that real? I don't think that's real. You know, I mean, would anyone behave that way in, in any other area of our, of our society? No, you know, so, I mean, you know, I, I'll be honest, I've blocked, not blocked, I've muted 104 people. So if there's, wow. you know, there's 104 voices, which, you know, when you consider all the people that support CSU athletics that are invested, that are involved, that's not that many, you know? So, I mean, there's 104 people that want to share negative opinion, that want to be, you know, hypercritical. That's fine. You know, I, I focus on, you know, like, like so much of our program, you know, the people that are in the arena, that are battling every day, that are trying to make it happen. Um, it's pretty easy to sit on the sidelines and be critical. But, you know, if you're, if you're really interested in trying to push some positivity forward, I'm all in. You know, I'm ready to embrace you. You know, I'll try and figure out a way to help help have you help our program. But, you know, I mean, it's it's great. You know, it's great to get the feedback, but but it's it's uh, you know, it's not what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on what's going to be real and, and meaningful to getting us uh, moving forward as a program in every aspect. Mike and I took a, a good verbal beating as well on uh, Saturday night. For some reason, people were getting on us just because we had been positive over the last few weeks so we're nobody's immune to it joe 
No, that, that's fine, you know, and that, and that's like I said, you know, at, at part of the beginning of these com- you know, this conversation, you know, I, I know what I signed up for, you know, and I know who I am as a leader, and I know what I try and bring every day, and I know the experiences that I've had, and I know the experiences that I bring here to CSU, and and uh, there's nothing more than I'd love to see our, our football program win every game, and I think we'll get there eventually. Now, you've you've already touched based on this just moments ago. Um, you know, after the 21 footy season, you made a change by letting uh, Coach Hempen go and hiring Coach Hagen. Uh, and you've already talked about some of the lofty goals that we've hit and, and qualifying for the Mountain West tournament for just the second time in, in program history. And as, as we've already mentioned, we're playing Utah State right now. So, what were your ex- expectations for Coach Hagen? And uh, how do you feel about the trajectory of the program? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, a great positive step is making that, uh, you know, that conference tournament. So that that was one of the thresholds that, that she and I had talked about. And, um, you know, we, we, you know, Mike, ultimately, we want to be the preeminent program in every one of our sports in the Mountain West, you know, so, so, you know, I, I think and, and Keelia would agree that, you know, we've got all the ingredients to do that with our with our soccer program. Uh, you know, we've, we've got uh, a facility, you know, that's, that's coming forward. That'll be a big piece of the ingredients that she needs to, to reach a, you know, levels of sustained success within that program. Uh, but, but, you know, you know, you know, it's great to make the tournament, but, you know, it'd be nice to, to win this game against Utah state that's going on right now and, and get another win or two, um, uh, for her, you know, she's got a, uh, you know, relatively you know a team that's learning to adjust to her standards and her expectations and and um you know not entirely there it usually takes more than one season to get there um and 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 you know and that's for a smaller roster you know you think about football i mean you know when we talk about getting everyone on the same page it's gonna you know it takes a little bit of time to make that happen so about 10 day, 10 days ago we were scheduled to play uh, our opponent today in, in Logan and freak snowstorm made their pitch unplayable and the matches moved to a high school football field. Why didn't the mountain West move the date of that match so that it, it can be played on a proper soccer grounds instead of a football field with completely different dimensions and markings that I felt gave Utah state kind of an unfair advantage. I love Mike Rowe. He is, <laughs> he is the one fan that has drilled down on soccer entirely. Um, you, you know, that was, that was a coach's decision. You know, I, I, you know, you, you, you know, you try and make as many accommodations as you can. And, and Keeley was, was fine with the options that they developed and ultimately they settled on the high school field, high school football field. Uh, but you're right. Logan did get 10 inches of snow and, and, you know, that was pretty disruptive, you know, as far as, you know, the, you know, the, the, the plane surface itself, you know, there are, you know, when I was at Texas Tech, we played women's soccer on an artificial surface. You know, obviously the dimensions of a football field are different. You know, our program has, I think, at least twice, if not three times, been in Canvas Stadium to play a, a soccer match, you know. Um, but, but uh, you know, I think ultimately Keeley would tell you it wasn't, it wasn't the playing surface and it wasn't the dimension of the field that resulted in the outcome of that match. So as a collegiate swimmer, uh, you must be in, impressed with the start of our swimming and diving team. Uh, currently, we're 11-0. and 0. Uh, First year uh, diver, Lindsey Gizzy, has won the Mountain West Diver of the Week three times. Now, this has been a very drastic change from the last few years for the squad. Um, what has changed in the program that we're seeing these new heights yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, an 11-0 start is great. Um, you know, they, they, you know, there's, there's also, I think this fall, you know, their, their scheduling is a, a different level of competition, you know, so, so things will get a little bit tougher as we move into, you know, the, the championship season in the spring, but, but proud of what Woody is doing with his program. And, and certainly Chris Bezier, Chris Bezier, who's our, diving coach, you know, he's done a really, really great job of developing, you know, his roster. Uh, those kids that are on the springboard have done a really nice job of scoring points and improving. And, and uh, you know, this is a little not so known factoid probably by most, but Chris and I had worked together at Michigan. He was a Michigan diving coach for, for a part of the time that I was on staff there. And 
Uh, it's great to have him on board. He's a, a highly uh, regarded and competent coach that's doing some great things. I always appreciate Mike touching on all the Olympic sports. Joel, yeah, Joel, you never ask me many questions about the Olympic sport programs. You always, <laughs> you always let it rest on Mike's broad shoulders. Mike, yes, Mike, Mike <laughs> carries the load on those. But uh, I am curious to get your thoughts um, on the, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's called a ban, but the, the football program kind of blocked out the media this past week. Um, you know, as a journalist, I, I grew up, went to school as a journalist, and I will always say that you should never block out the media. Um, I think CSU needs and should welcome the coverage by anyone. Um, that being said, I, I really felt like the twisting of Coach Adazio's postgame comments after the Utah State game were unfair. You know, people portrayed that he threw players under the bus, which I did not take it that way at all. And then, you know, his first impression when he got here was the Colorado and putting out story after story, attacking the program and, and whatnot. So I'm, I'm sure there's a little bit of distrust there. And he said after the game Saturday night that it was more of just we wanted to focus on Boise. But what were your thoughts on on kind of blocking out the media this week? And, and in general, do you feel like CSU and CSU football have gotten a fair shake from from the media? Um. I, you know, I think media has much different motivations than, than that they did, you know, five, 10 years ago. You know, I think they're, you know, I, I uh, you know, they're, they're trying to support a business model. They're trying to find their way forward. You know, if there's an industry that's had as many shifts as anything else, I would say it's, it's media and, you know, they're struggling, I think, to, to make, uh, make themselves as relevant as possible. You know, I think the, the, the ability to self-publish through social media platforms and kind of tell stories in other ways is, has hindered them significantly. So I think, you know, in, in many ways they, they go for, you know, the sensationalism that, that, you know, drives, you know, some interest from a certain segment of readers. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of my broader commentary. Um, on, on media, you know, I, I wish we had a better relationship with, with, uh, you know, our local folks, but, you know, in many ways, that's not where we're at. They always choose to be critical of CSU, whether it's athletics or any other part of the, the institution, you know, they, they always try and seek out the most negative narrative that they can establish. And, and I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's really the way that, um, you know, you were taught uh, at CSU to, to approach journalism, you know, you try and you know, tell the broadest story possible with as much balance as possible. And, and right now it's just, it's not there. Um, but I, I, I was supportive of the decision made uh, last week as it related to access to, to our, our, our students in particular, you know, Steve covered it pretty well in the post-game press conference on Saturday. You know, we're, we're accessible, we're transparent, we're, we're there, um, you know, but he made a decision that I was supportive of that, you know, he wanted to keep the team's focus at that point, you know, what Tuesday on, on Boise state and, uh, and not, not go back and revisit, you know, um, what had occurred at the Utah state game. And I, I, uh, you know, I, I'm going to support your remarks, Joel. I, I think I was standing there as coach, uh, answered questions, um, about the Utah state game. And I think his first question was, you know, tell us, explain to us what happened. And he went through, that explanation and, and, uh, and, and, you know, and then owned it, you know, I think sequencing wise, you know, in retrospect, he probably should have said he owned it because he did. He's never not said that. Um, but, but again, I think people go for, you know, the, the low hanging fruit as it relates to creating some level of controversy to, to kind of drum up clicks and, and interest and engagement in the social media platform. And, and, and that's, what's interesting to me too, is that, you know, you see, national writers that that you know that you know i think have some level of uh control and constraint that are kind of jumping in that space now too because they realize it's driving clicks and and engagement and and that's what it's all about when you're in those social media platforms so a month ago we were announcing that csu air force san Diego state and boise would be staying in the mountain west since then, the AAC has added six schools that do little to move the needle in regards to the average college football fan. Craig Thompson has said that at, at the moment, the Mountain West would not be adding any football programs to the conference. With that statement, uh, should we be expecting some additions in other sports to shore up what is by far the best G5 conference? Um, did you write that question down, Mike? 
That's, I did. What was that? Okay. Yeah. No, that's a good one though. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I think I made it clear last time that we talked, you know, I was, I was really an advocate for trying to push into the central time zone with, with some football membership. You know, we, we ultimately as a league decided that, you know, that we weren't ready to do that. Um, you know, but I, I think we're also still trying to, you know, find ways to strengthen the league and, and, and what might that look like. And, you know, if you look across, you know, the Western United States, and you think about, you know, basketball programs, there's a, there's a, uh, uh, you know, a little less than a handful that might, might, uh, you know, help us strengthen the league from that perspective. Um, so, you know, I, I, I applaud Craig and, and, uh, you know, the conference, uh, leadership for thinking about what those options might be and, and trying to create the right level of dialogue to see if there is a possibility or alignment for that to happen. You know, it, it's, but like everything, it's, it's always, there's a lot of complexities that, that, you know, get layered in and, and, uh, you know, everyone's got to make the right decision for themselves, you know? Um, so we'll, we'll see, you know, I think, I think there's still some opportunities there and, and, and whether we're able to kind of uh, bring a few of these things to fruition, we'll see. You mentioned, I mean, you, you did make it clear last time we talked that you really wanted to get into the central time zone. You talked about how important you felt that was it seemed like Texas was your target. Um, I know you you were part of that group that said, "Hey, we're gonna let's the best move at this point is to stand pat." But was that after the AAC aggressively and kind of preempted all of us and, and went and got went into Texas and got some of the? I mean, none of those teams would have really moved the needle for me, but maybe there's some some benefit in being in those markets. You know, being in Texas at all would have been would probably have been a benefit. But from a strategic standpoint, it does look like the AAC made this move to kind of keep those, I guess, upper echelon of the G5 Texas schools out of the Mountain West hands. Are you disappointed we didn't act faster and maybe have gone after more aggressively a couple of those teams? Uh, you know, I, I think ultimately the speed of our reaction um, probably wouldn't have made much of a difference. You know, I mean, I, I um, you know, the American definitely had to, had to make moves to, to kind of shore up their, their membership. Um, but ultimately, you know, their financial situation right now is, is, is enough different than ours that they have the ability to kind of invest uh, more than, than the, the Mountain West would. You know, they, they're sitting on reserves that were accumulated through the departure of, of UConn. And, you know, they're forecasting forward with the departure of three schools that have to pay their exit fees to the conference too. You know, they're, they're going to they're gonna have the ability financially to to uh, you know, provide distribution to those schools, even if it's not necessarily supported by you know the the, the their current TV contracts. So I think that that was the the piece that was making it more and more increasingly difficult for us as a conference to to really think about uh, potential expansion partners. Gotcha. Are you are there? Do you feel like there's still options out there football wise that would make sense, even even though the official statement is we're standing pat now or there's there's schools out there you'd have your eye on that makes sense for our footprint i i think right now i you know i think i mean we made the right decision to hold at our 12 um you know and uh, until we get signals from the tv partners that that uh a different composition for our league would create more value i think we're going to stick at 12 okay so i had i had people messaging me on privately on saturday uh, about the CSU Rams account manager site being down during the game. And I know that I was having issues with it, trying to, trying to access porch passes to give to, to give to other people since I wasn't using mine. So what should fans do if they are at canvas or Moby when they can't access their tickets during the, during a game? True. Mike, that's the first I've heard of that. So I'll, I'll find out. Um, you know, I, I guess, if it's before the game, you know, there's still the box office option there at Canvas Stadium. You could just step up to one of the, the windows and, and get assistance from there. Uh, you know, if it's in game, you know, I guess in that case, you know, where you're trying to move passes off of your account to someone else's and the system's down, that's, that's pretty challenging. Um, I don't have a good answer for you right now. Let me visit with uh, with the staff and see what our IT issues were. But uh, there's got to be some way that we can 
develop a, a trouble hotline that might be able to help even in game. Well, last question, Joe. Wasn't able to come back up to Fort Collins for the exhibition hoops game Sunday. Did you were you there? I was. Yep. How did everything look? Can you give us an assessment? Yeah, it's I'm I mean, I honestly it's probably hard to give an assessment. You know, Adam State, you know, in their own peer group is is, you know, probably a you know, maybe a very good basketball team, but you know, there's just a I think a, a difference in the the level of play when you look at our roster and 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 what they were throwing at the effort. But um, you know, I I I was trying to watch Coach Medved as much as I was the game itself, and he was he was coaching as as much as he would have if we were playing San Diego State. So I know that there's probably things that he felt we were doing right and things that he wants to make sure get corrected before we roll into Oral Roberts on the ninth. Uh, but but you know I, I was impressed by the level of athleticism uh, on our team. Uh, you know even our returners have have continued to develop. Um, some of the new faces, uh, you know, are are, are going to be I think will make it pretty difficult for Coach Medved to allocate minutes. Um, but that's a good problem to have. You know, the more competition you have across the entire roster on the bench, uh, you know, helps you get better every day in practice and, and, and uh, you know, gives you some different alternatives when you're, when you're in the game. Um, it was awesome. You know, first observation for the team to, to engage with, you know, the fans, um, you know, I don't know if you listened to any of the remarks that Isaiah and Chandler had um, in their, in their post-game press conference. Um, but, but, you know, Isaiah said he kept telling Chandler and the other newcomers what it was going to be like to play in Moby with fans. And even though it was just an exhibition game, you know, it, it was great to see people in the building and supporting the team and, and would expect that, uh, that will, you know, we'll have an exciting year with, with fans in the stands. <clears throat> the team did a really neat thing towards the end. Now, um, I don't know if we'll continue it or not, just based on, you know, best practices with COVID. But they, they went and circled the perimeter of the court and, you know, thanked people for being there. You know, they hit the student section and, and, uh, and, and the uh, southern southern courtside um, seats too. So that was that was pretty cool. And the program just continues to do everything right, all the right things, you know, on and off the court. So uh, with all the enthusiasm with with this program, uh, is it being reflected in season ticket sales? And should we expect to see a, a pretty packed Moby most of the year? Uh, I, I hope so. I You know, it, it it hasn't translated into, you know, a crazy jump in season tickets or otherwise. Um, you know, I think for the first time ever, all of our courtside seats are sold out. So that's a that's a good thing. Um, you know, the, the booster club that Nico has, the round ball club is, uh, is at the highest levels that I've seen since I've been here. So there's, there's good indicators. Uh, but, but, you know, Joel and Mike, we could always, there's still room for more. There's still empty seats in Moby. So, you know, love to have people there. Um, you know, and I'll, and I'll mention right off the bat, you know, our, 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 our draw on, uh, particularly within the conference schedule has not been great as far as times and dates that are going to be conducive to fan attendance, but, you know, hopefully people, you know, can, can overcome that as a, as a barrier and get in the building and support this program. Yeah. I'd say I love the Friday night games. I, uh, I noticed that we got oh. a lot of mountain West Friday night games. I love that. I That's, love that. So I'm excited. You're the first person that's told me that, Mike. So I'm glad glad it's working for you. So. No, I'm excited. I mean, get out of school, head up, have some dinner, and make it to the make it to the game and make a weekend of it. So I'm awesome. definitely excited about that starting in January. So yeah. Well, Joe, thank you so much. Appreciate all your time, and thanks for for always answering candidly as we get into some of the tough topics. And you know, it's always easy to come in after your football team is tearing it up, right? And it's it's not as fun to talk about some of the failures, but you're always here. So we appreciate you. You bet. Of course. Appreciate you guys too. All right. Yeah. Thanks as always. You know, we love having you on. All right. That was Joe Parker. Really appreciate his time. It is not easy. He sees the firestorm that's happening on Ram Nation, on social media. And, uh, you know, he, he, he takes the heat and it's clear that he feels that the coaching staff needs more time. It's a 
not a quick fix. He's done a lot of great things with the culture. We all are in this society where we want things fixed now and, and we want to see immediate success. And I am certainly one of those people. Um, but uh, it, it's not feasible right now to, to fire a coach after 12 games. He's still owed $5 million through this year. So, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. And, and you're, then you're starting back over at zero. Um, have you seen things that concern you? Yes, there's been a lot of things that concern you. Not a happy camper myself right now, but um, you know, I guess patience is, is the key at this point, I, I suppose. So, uh, but regardless, appreciate Joe's time and his comments there. Michael, thank you for your time as well. And uh, thank you everybody for listening. Have a great week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.